Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. This is This Day Rocks from Vintage Rock Pod. I'm Paul Stevenson. Today is March the 7th, and on this day in 1962, the Beatles recorded their first ever radio show. They performed three cover songs for the BBC show Teenagers Turn, Here We Go. It was recorded in front of a live audience at the Playhouse Theatre in Manchester. It was the first time, apparently, that they appeared as a group in suits. So there you go. On this day in 1983, Tears for Fears released their debut album, The Hurting. It featured the hit Mad World and the album went to number one in the UK and finished in the top 20 biggest selling records of the year too. Speaking of number one albums, on this day in 1970, Simon and Garfunkel's record Bridge Over Troubled Water went to number one in America. It stayed at the top for 10 weeks, which was longer than any other album of the year. On this day in 1976, Elton John became just the second musical act to be immortalised at London's Madame Tussauds Waxwork Museum. The first group was the Beatles, of course. But for today's main show, we're going to focus on a legendary pair of musicians teaming up together again. Yes, on this day in 1995, Led Zeppelin legends Jimmy Page and Robert Plant played in Orlando as part of their worldwide tour. This Page-Plant tour kicked off on February 26th and saw the two rock gods on the road performing some of their biggest hits together, and some lesser-known songs too. Now, the reason I've seemingly chosen this random date is because I know two guys that were lucky enough to be there that night in Orlando to witness this gig. And so, here to share their memories from the show are the brilliant Mac B and Action Jackson from the Ugly American Werewolf in London podcast. So I got to thank Paul for having us on to talk about what was an incredibly important moment in our rock music lives, Jackson. And that was <laughs> being able to see Jimmy Page and Robert Plant together in the Orlando Arena, March 7th, 1995. We, we always figured there's no way that Led Zeppelin is ever going to get back together, right? They broke up when we were like seven. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And, and we'd seen a couple little things right there. They're at Live Aid, but they didn't sound great. They did the Atlantic Records thing, but they didn't sound great. Nebworth was cool, but it was only a few songs. And the year before, two years before, we gravitated to Coverdale Page because, mm-hmm. hey, Jimmy Page is back. And we got tickets to see them at the Orlando Arena. And then they canceled the North American tour. So when the unleaded thing came out and then they decided to tour on it, we were over the moon. Yes. Like you said, did not think that was ever going to happen. It was something we had talked about for a million times. Oh man, wouldn't that be great if we could see that? Yeah, never going to happen. Even though they'd been back together a couple times quickly, Paige had been on Robert Plant's solo albums here and right. there. It's but yeah, Honey Dripper stuff together here and there, right? Right. Never, ever going to happen. So yeah, I think it was like the first day it was announced we had tickets. Absolutely. No, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm pretty sure we also went to Jacksonville, Florida to get the tickets because we, you would have had to camp out to get the Orlando yes. tickets in Orlando. So we went to another town because right. the line would be shorter two hours away than they would be in greater Orlando. I can't, I can't even imagine what that would have been like because that was still a time when people were, they really still did that. They camped out, they wanted to get decent tickets and that was the only way you could do it. Unless you knew somebody, you know, with a radio station or the band or something. That's right. That's right. And so we had to see this. I mean, it wasn't like we wanted to or it would have been cool. This was like something we had to do. And and after Unleaded, I mean, Unleaded was so cool. It was just produced really well. They had some scenes like out in the countryside or out on the hillside and stuff like that. And then they had the cool stuff in the studio. A lot of times I'm like, I don't want them to rework the classics. I want it just as they were. Mm-hmm. But the way they redid some of those songs, and I'm thinking about, you know, as much as I love the classic No Quarter, I thought it was cool the way they did No Quarter. I thought it was cool the way they did Nobody's Fault But Mine, you know? Yeah. I think that if they had tried to do it exactly the same way they may have just come off like a cover band or right. a cover dale version uh, uh hey hey but it's uh no yeah in, in hindsight yeah it was great it, it i was not excited about that prospect either but they they pulled it off the band that they had together was great the, killer. the backup guys yeah and this the sound was awesome and i still i, I still don't know how they pulled this off but I mean, it was three, two, one. The lights went out, and everybody sparked up a joint at the same exact time. I it was, was. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it was unbelievable. It, it was like the two kids next to us were making out the whole time. Pull out a joint. The, the two crusty guys on the other side would pull out a joint. Like we didn't even have to bring our own. This is. Great. I was. Yeah, I was. I was a little bit upset. I'm like, clearly, I missed the memo because everybody else was uh, was in sync here. But yeah, no, it was it was a great experience. I'm glad we got to go see them. You know, you're talking talking about Coverdale page when and getting tickets to that when they announced they were going to play the arena I said really that's very bold I, I will definitely buy a ticket I'll definitely go see it but I don't know what the marketplace is like for that and sure enough that did not happen you know it's, it's yeah Coverdale page couldn't sell it out but plant and page sure as hell did and the set list was amazing starting with immigrant song finishing with cashmere all sorts of great ones in between and i know that we were surprised when they played shake my tree from Coverdale mm-hmm. page because we were surprised yeah. robert would do that of course equal time was giving to calling to you from his solo efforts but i think the one that really shocked me was when they played Hey, hey, what can I do? 
which of course was really the only Led Zeppelin B-side, really. It was the B-side of the Immigrant Song. It was the only thing that never really appeared on an album. And I was just shocked and excited when they played that one. Yeah, that was it was interesting to me the, what they picked because they could have just done hits. They could have done a greatest hits package and I'm That's glad right. they didn't. And I'm just glad. And like you mentioned, the band, their drummer was incredible. He looked like a young Mitch Mitchell. They got the guitar player from The Cure and I think they did a little bit of lullaby from The Cure during the show. I think uh, they may have, yeah. yeah. But the bass player, Charlie Jones, was fantastic. He stayed with them on the Walking to Clarksdale album and co-wrote the songs with them and now he's the bass player in your favorite band, The Cult. So lots of talent on stage and then they came out, they, they did it just with their big ensemble band and then they brought up the Central Florida or the Orlando Philharmonic Orchestra to come out mm. and do the big stuff and they did Cashmere with yeah. the orchestra. Oh my <laughs> God. I really think I remember just sitting there a couple of times thinking, and it could have been from all the weed, who knows? Is this really happening? Like, is this real? Like the amount of times that we talked about going to that show, is this really happening? And it was. And I'm I'm yeah, I'm just super excited that we got to do it, especially after the, the Coverdale page, I won't say debacle, but kind of like the, the, the stall out there. of that. Yeah, the letdown yeah. of that. Yeah, and I did get to see them on their next tour. It was a little more stripped down. It was more like four, maybe five people on stage, more of a Led Zeppelin like show for the next tour. But nothing will compare to that first time, especially after seeing Unleaded on MTV, getting the VHS. I got the VHS back in the day, mm-hmm. uh, and then going to see them live with you because yeah. going with you was important to me. And it's like, I've got to go see this no matter what, but it's going to be special if I get to go with Jackson because we dreamed about this for so long. We had the Coverdale page tickets in hand that the show never materialized. And then when this happened, man, I've never been so happy, but maybe it was the contact high. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll be back tomorrow with more on this day, rock goodness. So until then, take care. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.